Listeners, and welcome to Super Bowl week. That's right, the Super Bowl is here. We've had a full NFL season come and go, and now the final game is set. So first off, I'm sorry, I was looking to get some guests on the show, but between class schedules and sports, it's hard to get a time that works for everyone. So with that being said, I'm your host, Sean Gold, and today it is just me talking the Super Bowl, and look, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with just me and the mic right here. Get into it about the Super Bowl. So that's it. Chiefs and the Eagles are the last two teams standing. And when we look back at this season, I really do believe that this is what the Super Bowl should look like. Two number one seeds is what we got. So we are quite literally seeing the best of the best. And a lot of times, you won't see the number one seed make it. That's definitely been a thing that we've seen in the past. But this year... The two top dogs are in the big game. So before I get into predictions and everything like that, what are the big storylines heading into this? And I'm going to go through a couple. There's some common ones that I'm sure you've heard of. There's also some unique takes that I have on the Super Bowl. I think the most common one and one that's very cool, so I do want to talk about it, is I'm sure you heard about this. It's the Kelsey Brothers Bowl. So Jason Kelsey, the Eagles center, and Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs tight end, marked the first brothers to ever play against each other in a Super Bowl. So no matter what happens, whatever the outcome is in this one, the Kelsey family is winning in one way or another. And it was actually pretty cool. The brothers run a podcast together, and they had their mom on in an episode this week. And they asked her, they kind of pressed her, who are you rooting for? And, you know, obviously she was said, I'm neutral about it, but... She gave an interesting take that was pretty cool and fun. She said she wants it to be the highest scoring Super Bowl ever. Because if that's the case, that means both of her sons are doing something well. So uh, just a, a cool thing to have two brothers playing against each other in the Super Bowl for the first time ever. Pretty cool storyline. Pretty cool for the Kelsey family. Just wanted to throw that out there. And now another storyline I want to pick up on. The coaching battle. Andy Reid has long been one of the NFL's best head coaches. From his time in Philadelphia to his time in Kansas City, he has always been regarded as one of the top coaches in the league. But Eagles coach Nick Sirianni is quickly becoming one of the league's best as well. And now with these two great coaches, did you know that Nick Sirianni had actually once been fired by Andy Reid? That's right, fired by Andy Reid after the 2012 season. So the backstory on this, Sirianni was the receivers coach for the Chiefs staff under Romeo Cornell. And after Cornell was fired and Andy Reid replaced him as the head coach, it was then Reid's job to fire all the assistant coaches as he had his whole team coming in. So with that process, Andy Reid did fire Nick Sirianni. And now 
to jump back another step again, typically when a new head coach takes over, right? So you end the season, you fire your coach, you hire a new guy. That new guy will come in and he will most likely fire all of the assistant coaches from the previous regime. And now that's not something out of hatred or anything like that. That's simply due to the fact that when you're a new head coach, you likely already have a staff you want to run this show with you. You're going to go to people you've worked with, people you've been close with in the industry, and build your own team, which makes perfect sense. You're better connected. You have better chemistry. You know each other better. You know how each other works, or you've had experience with each other. So it's it's not like there's bad blood in these moves, but it's not an easy thing, too, to be the guy, hey, I just got this job. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Because it's not meant to be like that. It's more just meant to say, like, hey, this is this is my thing now. I've got my people who I want running this show. Doesn't matter if I think you're good or not. I've got a guy I want, a guy I'm either close with, a guy I've worked with well, had good experiences with. That's the reality of it. So, so yes, when, when Andy Reid was hired as the Chiefs head coach, he fired Sirianni, and now they're coaching against each other in the Super Bowl. So it was just a matter of fact that Sirianni happened to find himself in that position where there was very little interaction between Reed and Sirianni. It was just a matter of Andy Reid had his guy. He wanted to come in, and unfortunately, Sirianni was occupying that role. But it is a cool storyline ahead of the Super Bowl to look at two head coaches going at each other, two of the top coaches in the NFL, and one had actually fired the other back in 2012. So cool storyline there. And then the big thing I want to talk about today is the quarterbacks. So if we start with the Kansas City Chiefs, well, before I go there, obviously Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, both of them, Mahomes is likely going to win the MVP. Jalen Hurts could have if he never got hurt. He missed those, what, three games with a shoulder injury, two games with a shoulder injury. Hurts could have been the front runner for that if, if he had played those two games, showed out, got a little more to his stats on it because he had an incredible year, but Mahomes also had an incredible year. I think he's the MVP choice. But So you basically have two MVP candidates going head-to-head in the Super Bowl. And if we start with Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes is now finishing up his sixth season in the NFL. He's been a starter for five of those. So his rookie year, he's behind Alex Smith. We remember that. So far in the five seasons, Mahomes has been a full-time starter. He's racked up five Pro Bowl appearances, a league MVP award, and a Super Bowl trophy, as well as a Super Bowl MVP award. So already Mahomes is building a career that is going to put him in position to be regarded as one of the best to ever do it. You could almost look at Mahomes and say, if he retired today, does he have an MVP case? He already has stuff that's more impressive than what some people in the Hall of Fame have. Going to his third Super Bowl now in five seasons as a starter, pretty amazing. So he's building a career that's going to put him in the position to be regarded as one of the best to ever do it. And since we're already talking legacy with Patrick Mahomes, what could a second Super Bowl victory do for him? Been there twice in six years. Now it's going to be three times in six years. In his five seasons as a starter, he's been in the Super Bowl three times now, which is incredibly remarkable. It's still too early to start saying he's chasing Brady for rings because we need Mahomes to win at least three or four before we can even fathom him getting seven like Tom Brady. But if he wins this Super Bowl, he'll have two Super Bowl rings, three appearances in five years. His two rings would already put him ahead of Aaron Rodgers and would tie him with Peyton Manning. 
So Mahomes is going to have the numbers to rival anyone by the time his career comes to an end. And by numbers there, I mean stats, passing yards, touchdowns, all of the above in that category. But perhaps the biggest factor of all when it comes to legacy talk is Super Bowl wins. So Mahomes hosting two Lombardi trophies in his first six seasons in the NFL is a massive boost to his legacy. And when we look at the Chiefs, if you had to pick a team to be the next dynasty, it would probably be the Chiefs. I could see people throwing in the Bengals there. They've got a young roster with Joe Burrow. The Eagles could make a name for themselves if they win this Super Bowl too as a legacy talk because they have a young roster. But the Chiefs are really the team. If you had to bet on a legacy or on a dynasty team being formed, it would be the Kansas City Chiefs. They've already got one. They've been in it twice since Mahomes has been there. Again, if he wins this one, six seasons in the NFL, five as starter. He has two Super Bowl rings, three Super Bowl appearances. It's dynasty framework right there. Now, again, like Brady, seven's a lot. We got to wait a little bit before we can say he can catch Brady in rings. In stats, I think he'll catch him, especially where the NFL is going this, you know, this decade, really. And it's only going to continue to get more pass heavy as time goes on. So Mahomes is going to, numbers-wise, yards, going to kill everybody. And he'll get to the top of all those rankings. Super Bowl trophies, though, Super Bowl victories, don't know if he can catch Brady. But, again, having two makes him more than Aaron Rodgers, regarded as probably the most talented quarterback ever. Tied with Peyton Manning. Another guy who you could say he may have been the best quarterback ever. So Mahomes is getting into that conversation in six years. Pretty impressive. So now while Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, we've got to talk about Jalen Hurts. And Hurts ascended to stardom this year with the Philadelphia Eagles. And what I really love about Jalen Hurts, and I don't know how much of his story everybody knows, but he is the underdog story. If we go back to his time at Alabama, Hurts was the man. Bama's quarterback, that job was his, that team was his. That was until the national championship game where he was replaced by Tua Tagovailoa and then wound up transferring to Oklahoma the next season. So if you don't remember that, it was against Georgia. Halftime, Bama was down. They switched to Tua. Tua started the second half, shocked everybody. And it was Tua's show from there. Hurts transfers to Oklahoma. Well, he crushed it at Oklahoma. He was a Heisman finalist at Oklahoma, and then he was taken by the Eagles in the second round of the 2020 draft. And coming out of college, I'd like to say the majority of analysts gave Hertz the bland, he's a runner, not a passer analysis that's often given to dual threat quarterbacks. Well, Hertz is now in his third season in the NFL and his second season as a full-time starter. Last year, Hertz led an Eagles team with very limited weapons to the playoffs exceeded expectations for Philly last season, and despite this, many still questioned his ability to be a franchise quarterback because they felt he had an inability to throw the ball at a high enough level. So now we're in his third season. Hertz is in the Super Bowl. He became a pro bowler this year. He led the Eagles to a 14-3 record in the regular season, and let me mention, that's the team's record. Two of the losses on the season came when Gardner Minshew was starting in place of him because Hurts had a shoulder injury. So really, in the regular season when Jalen Hurts was the starting quarterback, the Eagles went 14-1 and with Hurts as their starter. Hurts has proven himself as a passer this year, and his dual threat ability has made this Eagles offense one of the most unstoppable units in the league. So I think it's pretty safe to assume Jalen Hurts is going to be a force for a while in the NFL. 
And now it's time to ask the question of what a Super Bowl victory in his second year as a starter can do for him. We talked about what it can do for Patrick Mahomes in his fifth year as a starter, sixth year in the NFL. This is Hurts' third year in the league, second as a full-time starter. What can a Super Bowl victory do for him right now? So really when it's all said and done for Hurts' career, a Super Bowl victory could potentially make or break his Hall of Fame case. And I'm thinking way down the line with this, yes. If he retired today, no, he's not in the Hall of Fame. But we see time and time again with quarterbacks who have good numbers but not a Super Bowl victory, they'll get passed up. So while winning or losing a Super Bowl this year will not come close to defining the career of Jalen Hurts and his legacy, it sure can help out a lot if he wins this. The funny thing about this quarterback talk is that every time Patrick Mahomes has been in the Super Bowl, there's been talk of his legacy. But no one's really talking about what it can do for Jalen Hurts. So that's why I'm talking about it today right here. The legacy principle applies to Jalen Hurts as well as it applies to Patrick Mahomes. Do we not think one Super Bowl win in three seasons won't accelerate him up some of the quarterback rankings? Are we really going to say that if he wins this, it does nothing for Jalen Hurts' legacy? It does a whole lot. Because that's impressive. He's on track then. Just like Patrick Mahomes was. Mahomes won in his second year. Hurts won in his third year. You're on the same trajectory right there. Yet Mahomes is going to get a lot more credit for that because he's Patrick Mahomes. So let's, like, what I want to do is let's take a look at quarterbacks like Cam Newton and Jimmy Garoppolo, for example. Do we not think Super Bowl wins would have boosted their overall narrative? Cam Newton lost to the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Jimmy G lost to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So now I think Hurts is different than both of these quarterbacks. Cam fizzled out after playing Superman for a couple years. Jimmy G is still destined to be a career game manager who will always be surrounded by the question of if he can deliver when it matters most. I think Hurts long-term will be more successful than both of them. But a Super Bowl to his name this early in his career would arguably make him more successful than both quarterbacks already right here, right now. The only thing Cam Newton would have on him is a league MVP award. But I think if you ask Jalen Hurts what he'd rather have, I can guarantee you he'd say he'd rather take a Lombardi trophy over a league MVP award. Not to mention my bet would be if the Eagles do win the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts is your Super Bowl MVP. So really when we look at it, the reason I wanted to talk about these two quarterbacks is because Super Bowls matter big time for quarterbacks, more than any other position. You never look at a receiver and determine their greatness based off of the amount of rings they won. However, for quarterbacks, you do. Aaron Rodgers will forever be in that second tier because he's only going to have one Super Bowl. If he gets another, who knows what his status is, if he gets another, all of a sudden he's, he's upping himself in the rankings. Because there's a lot of people who think that he's better than Tom Brady in terms of talent. But Tom Brady's going to forever be the GOAT until somebody beats seven Super Bowls. So for both these quarterbacks, getting a Super Bowl right now is huge long-term for the legacy. And that was really the main storyline I wanted to focus on because Patrick Mahomes is getting all this media attention about it, about, oh, he's gonna if he wins another Super Bowl, he's inching closer to, to GOAT status when his career is said and done. Jalen Hurts has a lot to gain, too, for this. If Jalen Hurts brings home a Super Bowl to Philadelphia, year three in the NFL, 
Yeah, we're talking some legacy stuff with him too, especially if this Eagles team can get back a couple more times during his time in Philadelphia. So we're going to head to commercial break, but I really did want to go over this quarterback matchup here because it, it there's a lot at stake for both of these guys. So when we come back from commercial, that's right, we're going to get into predictions. I've been holding you out. We've got some other news to talk about, and we've got predictions to make, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. For over 25 years, All Done has participated in major ad campaigns, building trust in the brands of the businesses. All Done Advertising. We specialize in the creation, production, and marketing ads designed to reach your target demographic audience. All Done Advertising. Whether it's a political advocacy or business ad, to get your job done, contact All Done Advertising. Serving Connecticut in the U.S. Northeast region. I'm composer Dunn Pearson, and I want you to visit WVRFRadio.com to make a donation. Your gift, no matter the amount, will help veterans reset fellowship. So join me by becoming a monthly subscriber at WVRFRadio.com. God bless America. You're listening to Dog's Day. And welcome back. So before I jump into my Super Bowl pick, Today is a huge day in the NBA, and I can't not talk about a couple of things right here. So first off, today, Thursday, February 9th, is the NBA's trade deadline. Now, I'm recording this episode on Tuesday, February 7th, and so far, as I'm speaking right now, the biggest move we've had is Kyrie Irving getting traded to the Dallas Mavericks to play with Luka Doncic. So that's the big move that's been made. There's there's rumors about the Lakers, the Knicks, a lot of teams making moves, and things are going to happen by the time this episode airs and you're listening to it on Thursday morning. The deadline is Thursday afternoon, so expect some names to be in new places. Quick thoughts about Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks. I know a lot of people are saying it's it's not an ideal fit. You got Luka Doncic, ball-dominant player. You got Kyrie Irving, ball-dominant player. But guess what? Two things. One, I think it's going to work. And with all trades, you can say you like it or dislike it. Time will tell if it's going to work, so we're going to see how Dallas produces. But it's the best player Luka Doncic has ever played with. Yes, he did play with Dirk Nowitzki at the end of his career, so he wasn't really a factor. So Kyrie Irving is the best player Luka has ever got to share the court with, and he has needed that. Imagine last year's playoff run with Kyrie on that team to give Luka some help. It would have gone a long way. They may have been in the finals last season instead of the Golden State Warriors who won the finals. So that's the type of move that this is. Dallas needed to go all in on something. And if this crashes and burns, so be it. But if they didn't make this move, it would have looked like they're wasting Luka's career here in Dallas and not getting the help he needed. I really think it's going to work. We saw Kyrie share the court with Kevin Durant. And guess what? When everyone was healthy on that team, it worked wonders. Even when everyone was healthy, what? In two, was it two, three years ago in the NBA bubble, when you had the Nets who had Kyrie Irving's Kevin Durant and James Harden, they all, those three shared the court extremely well together. And all three of those guys are extremely ball dominant players. So yeah, I think Kyrie's going to work just fine with Luka. It's honestly more of an adjustment for Luka because he's never had to play with somebody who needs the ball. But I think he's going to be relieved that his job will get a little bit easier. So I, I love the move for Dallas. I think it was a good move. And again, time will tell if this experiment works out or not. But 
I'm inclined to say it will. The other news. So again, once again, there will be more trades coming on, and I'm excited to see what happens, and we'll definitely be talking about the trades in future episodes here. So we'll, we'll see what goes on, but it's going to be an exciting Thursday for sure. And now while the trade deadline is a big deal, an even bigger deal is that tonight LeBron James will likely become the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Again, I'm recording this on Tuesday. As I'm speaking right now on Tuesday, the Lakers take on the Thunder Tuesday night. And LeBron is 36 points away from the record. However, I'm expecting this record to be broken on Thursday when this episode airs. Or today as you are currently listening to it right now if you're listening on our drop date on Thursday, February 9th. So history is going to be made. And look, 36 points away against the Thunder, LeBron can do that, no issue. But I think he definitely wants to do it on Thursday against the Milwaukee Bucks in a primetime game on TNT. You get all the media headlines right there. And also, against the team that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar started his career with. I mean, his, you know, you can't, you can't write it better than this. LeBron James breaks Kareem's once unbreakable record against the team he started his career with, and while playing for the team that Kareem played the majority and finished his career with. Insane story. And it's, I mean, it's going to be crazy when LeBron breaks this record. My only hope is that the Lakers can win the game too and not get embarrassed on national television in one of the biggest games of LeBron James's career. So, you know, the, the next thing to talk about with this, and we'll, I'll have shows about this later on, but what's this do for the LeBron versus Jordan GOAT debate? I think it gives a lot to LeBron. And I already think LeBron is the GOAT. I would, I would take him over Jordan in a GOAT debate. And I know there's a lot of people who, who would not agree with that, but I think LeBron's case with what he's doing at this age, and now he's going to be the NBA's all-time leading scorer, when, when you describe LeBron as a player, scoring is not his top attribute. It speaks wonders to how, how much he's done, how great he's been, and how long he's done it for. So again, we'll, we'll get into that another time, but these were the two things in the NBA that I, I had to mention in this episode. Trade deadline, going to be an exciting time, and LeBron breaking the scoring record is, is truly history that many people didn't think we'd ever see. So it's, it's going to be a big Thursday in the NBA. Now back to the Super Bowl. Time for some predictions. Overall, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are a slightly better team. Both teams on offense have weapons. A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, I would take over the weapons that the Chiefs have minus Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's probably, not probably, Kelsey's the best player in the skill position group, but the Eagles are are more deep, and I'm a huge believer in Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. I think they're both wide receiver number ones. I think maybe besides Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, they're the best receiver duo in the NFL. And you've got Dallas Goddard at tight end. They've got three running backs they can go through. I'm a big Miles Sanders fan, but Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell do an incredible job as well. Now for the Chiefs, uh, Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco have played incredible this year too, and I think they're really underrated. A lot, I think a lot of people give credit more to the Eagles' backfield than they do the Chiefs, but the Chiefs' backfield is no slouch. Offensive line, Eagles offensive line is probably a bit better. Defense, Eagles defense was one of the top ranked units in the NFL this season. Chiefs were 
a little closer in the middle of the pack. But what I will say, and I always say this about the Chiefs defense, it doesn't matter where they've been all regular season. When it comes playoff time and Super Bowl time, that unit seems to lock in and be the best defense on the field. So I really would give edge to the Eagles on paper, but I can't not take Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in this one. 31-28 Kansas City Chiefs. I just don't see how they lose this game. It almost feels like one of those instances when the Patriots were in it, and it's like, well, how do you how do you bet against Brady? He's in this moment. He's the best in this moment. I think that's what Patrick Mahomes is. And there, I mean, I, I'll, to be honest, like there's a lot of me rooting for the Eagles in this because I love Jalen Hurd's story. I love the roster construction of the Eagles. I love a lot of their players. And I wanted to pick the Eagles, but I, I just can't get myself to do it. I've got this feeling that this, this is the show Patrick Mahomes shines on. And while I talked about what this can do for Jalen Hurts' legacy, Patrick Mahomes is, he, he lost the last Super Bowl he was in to Tom Brady. I think he, he wants to win this one bad. You know what? Everyone wants to win it. So that's, that's not like, that's not really a great point. I'm kind of being hypocritical because I hate it when people say that, like somebody wants it more. Everyone wants it as much as you can possibly want it. But I just think the Chiefs at the end of the day in this one are going to make a couple more plays and Patrick Mahomes is going to have some signature play to deliver in this game. And we're going to see the Chiefs hoist another Lombardi trophy. So make sure to comment in the comment section on this episode, on the social medias, I'll have posts up about the Super Bowl uh, all week, really. So there'll already be posts up about the Super Bowl by the time you watch this. But, um, you know, definitely on on Super Bowl Sunday, we'll have stuff out, too. So so make sure you're tuning in on there. Comment who you think is going to win the Super Bowl. Comment score predictions. I would love to see it. 31-28 Chiefs is what I'm going with. Patrick Mahomes is your Super Bowl MVP. And that's all I got for today. So thanks for listening. Everybody, enjoy Super Bowl Sunday, and we will see you next week to recap it all and talk about all of this and how it went down. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week here on the Sean Steak Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sean Steak Podcast, and make sure to join Sean Steak on social media for more unique and exclusive content by following at Sean's Take on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.